Welcome to Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder Presents Riding the Rail This tale opens in the evening in the 1980s. Ryan, in his mid-twenties, wearing jeans and a black hoodie, kneels next to a chain-link fence, carefully surveying a train yard. He takes his backpack off, then tosses it over the fence, waiting several seconds before following it. Ryan stands next to the backpack and picks it up, then makes his way toward one of the train tracks that is lined with boxcars and away from the floodlights that illuminate the yard. He carefully walks through the gravel alongside the boxcars, trying door after door, but finds them all locked until one finally opens. It's about time. Ryan grips the handle and pulls on the door, and it slowly starts to slide open, but suddenly stops halfway, causing a loud clanking sound to echo through the yard. Do this to me! Come on! Ryan pulls on the door harder as he glances down the tracks and notices a set of flashlights moving in his direction. Open already, you piece of shit! Ryan looks back toward the flashlights, when all of a sudden... The door slides open, and a pair of hands reaches out, grabbing him and jerking him up into the boxcar. Ryan, still in shock, is flung across the boxcar, hitting several bales of hay before falling to the ground, as Robert, in his forties, a large, muscular man, dressed in dirty cargo pants, standard brown work boots, and a weathered flannel long-sleeved shirt, slides the door shut, then steps back from it. Ryan, using a bale of hay to pull himself up, slowly gets to his feet, regaining his composure as he stares at Robert. What the fuck is your problem? Robert, in several quick steps, is all of a sudden in front of Ryan and shoves his large hand over his mouth, causing Ryan to struggle. But Robert uses his other hand to slap the back of his head, then points at the door and the light that is filtering through the cracks. Robert glares at Ryan as voices can be heard outside. You gotta be fucking me. Fuck all this walking around bullshit. There's nothing even out here. Let's just send this bitch on its way so we can go grab some beers and pussy. I'm telling you, I heard something. <laughs> what you fucking heard was the fucking car banging around like they always do. Come on, man. Katrina said she'd be at the bar in about an hour. All right. But if your ass if shit got stolen, there ain't shit on me that anybody wants. Let's go. Maybe if you're lucky, Katrina will bring Jennifer with her. Really? Of course. I just radio it in and let them pull this shit. These cars are good to go. Go ahead and roll out. Robert watches as the light disappears along with the voices, followed by the train rumbling to life and rolling down the track. Robert takes a deep breath, then slowly releases his hand from Ryan's mouth. You almost got us pinched, asshole. Ryan rubs his face. I didn't mean for that to happen. I'm sorry about that. Pretty new to all of this hopping train stuff. No fucking shit. Ryan sticks his hand out. My name's Ryan. Robert gives Ryan an irritated look. Does it look like I give a shit what your name is? 
Unless you want me to toss your ass out that door, I suggest you sit your ass down and keep your mouth closed. Robert leans in, real close. Do we have ourselves an understanding? Ryan slowly nods his head yes, then sits down against the wall as Robert walks over to the other side of the boxcar and sits down next to a dirty green duffel bag, which he rests his hands on as he stares at Ryan. It's been several hours as the train rumbles down the rail through the countryside with Robert still sitting across from Ryan, staring at him, when all of a sudden he speaks. I have sat here thinking to myself, why the fuck are you on this train? I can't make heads or tails of it. Ryan, surprised by the sudden engagement, looks back at Robert. I'm sorry. I couldn't really hear you over all the noise. What did you say? I said, what the fuck is a middle-class-looking kid like yourself doing riding on this dingy-ass freight train? Ryan slowly starts to stand up as Robert glares at him. What are you doing? Ryan points over toward the wall next to Robert. I was thinking I would move a little closer. Robert motions with his hand to sit down. Yeah, I don't think so. Ryan slowly sits back down. Well, to answer your question, I'm on this train because I'm a writer, and I'm looking for stories. Stories that can only come from the underbelly of middle America. Robert stares back at Ryan, perplexed. You're fucking with me right now, right? Not at all. I want to see the stuff that most people never hear about. And how's that working out for you? To this point, it's been interesting, to say the least. I jumped this one train coming out of Chicago. Ended up in a car with this guy that continually jerked off to a Fantastic Four comic book. Makes for a unique footnote, but not really the stuff I was looking for. And what would that be? Ryan leans forward. I want the raw and gritty stuff. Robert shakes his head in disgust. You go looking for that kind of shit, you will not like what you find. You just need to go back to your sheltered little life where everything is perfect and safe. Robert holds his arms out. Because out here, all you're going to discover is that people are evil. I would agree with you to a point on some. Yes, but not everybody. Let me give you a nickel's worth of free advice. When presented with the right circumstances, any so-called values that a person has gets tossed right out the window. You can say that, but I like to think overall, people can and will do the right thing. <laughs> so you think I'm good? I have no reason not to think any different. Robert slowly pulls out a knife that is stained with blood. Would you think the same if I told you I use this knife to skin an entire family? What are you talking about? Robert stares at Ryan with a sinister smile. I skinned an entire family all the way down to the children and hung their skins from the fireplace mantle as if I was decorating for Christmas with stockings. Ryan tenses up as he looks around the boxcar then back at Robert. You know what? I'll just go ahead and get off at the next stop. Robert opens up the duffel bag, revealing stacks of money. Oh, 
I did all that for money. This money, the root of all evil. What you did is your thing, man. None of my business. I didn't hear or see anything. Robert spins the knife around in his hand. And yet you did. So now I'm going to give you a chance to see your own insides. Ryan gets to his feet. Uh, now, now just wait a second. Robert stands up and is about to step toward Ryan when the brakes of the train can be heard stopping. This isn't right. Oh, we shouldn't be stopping for another couple of hours. Ryan stands petrified as Robert walks over and looks out one of the cracks in the wall. We're pulling into some abandoned train yard. That's perfect. Like I said, I'll just get out. Robert spins around and points the knife at Ryan. I hate to say it, but any stories you've come up with die with you right now. Please, just let me go. This is what you wanted, and guess what? You found it. The train slowly rolls to a stop, and voices can be heard outside. Thank God. Help me! I'm in here! Robert hurries over and grabs Ryan by the throat and slams him down on the floor, then raises the knife up as Ryan holds his hand in front of his face. Please! The door to the boxcar suddenly slides open, and several beams of light illuminate Robert. He looks over to find Sheriff Brooks, who is in his fifties, wearing an old, worn-out cowboy hat with a toothpick hanging out of his mouth. Please help me! He's trying to kill me! Brooks lowers his light. Looks to me like we've arrived just in time. I strongly suggest you put that knife down and step on outside. Robert stares at Brooks, then looks down at Ryan. Don't go thanking your lucky stars just yet. Those with badges are the worst evil. Put the knife down. Robert drops the knife on the ground as he continues staring at Ryan. Robert looks over at Brooks, who pulls the toothpick out of his mouth and points at him. Let's go. I ain't got all night. Robert slowly walks to the edge of the boxcar and looks out to find Deputy Parker in his mid-twenties, dressed in a tan police uniform, Travis in his thirties, and James in his thirties, both dressed in jeans and t-shirts, standing behind Brooks. Ryan gets up as Brooks looks over at him. You're just fine right there. Ryan stands in place as Robert jumps down in front of Brooks, who looks him up and down. Well, Jesus Christ, you are one big son of a bitch, aren't you? Why don't you go ahead and turn around for me? Robert looks at the others, then slowly turns around. Now, I'm going to search your pockets and shit, and I'm not in the mood to get my fingers poked. You have anything that might do that in there? No. I really hope you aren't blowing smoke up my ass right now. Brooks pats Robert down. Now, why in the hell were you about to perform open-heart surgery on that young man? I was just protecting myself and my things, because he was going to try and take it. That's not true! Brooks turns and looks at Ryan. You'll have your chance to speak when I say you can speak. Robert tries to turn around, but Brooks shoves him back against the boxcar. You don't move unless I tell you to move. Robert, wincing in pain, stops moving as Brooks empties his pockets on the gravel, then spins him around so they are face to face. Looks like you were actually telling the truth. So, here's the deal. 
I have no intention of taking you in. So I can go. Brooks laughs, as well as the others, as a light rain starts to fall. <laughs> Fuck no. We have bigger plans for you. Robert, clenching his teeth, slowly forms two fists. Brooks pulls out his gun and aims it at him. Now, I know you aren't stupid enough to try and hit an officer of the law. Robert opens his hands. Will you look at that? You do have some smarts in you. Ryan stands watching as Brooks, with his gun still pointed at Robert, turns to James. No time like the present, so I hope you're ready for this shit. James stands in silence as Travis smacks him on the back of the head. No need to worry, Sheriff. He's got this. Well then, what are you waiting for? James nervously reaches into his coat, fumbling for something as Brooks looks at Robert. This all really comes down to being in the wrong place at the wrong time. If you aren't going to arrest me, then what the fuck are you going to do? All right now, let's watch the language, shall we? Parker puts his hand on Brooks' shoulder. Uh, Sheriff, maybe this isn't such a good idea. Brooks pushes Parker's hand off his shoulder. Never tell me what is and isn't a good idea ever again. And keep your fucking crumb grabbers to yourself. Brooks looks over at James. Well, what's the story? We doing this shit or not? No refunds. Robert suddenly knocks the gun out of Brooks' hand, then punches him in the face, knocking him back, then sprints down the tracks. That motherfucker! Brooks, furious, scoops up his gun and fires a round that hits Robert in the leg, dropping him to the ground. Then he grabs James. Now, go do what you were here for. James pulls a gun out and walks down the tracks towards Robert, who is crawling along the gravel as Brooks turns to Ryan, who stands in shock. Don't think about moving. Ryan watches James walk right up to Robert and flips him over. Robert stares at James as he points the gun down at him. What are you waiting for? Just do it. James' hand shakes as he puts his finger on the trigger. Your brother paid a good chunk of money so you could kill somebody for your birthday. So don't disappoint him. Come on, you chicken shit cocksucker. Fucking do it already. Come on. Pull the fucking trigger. I'm getting soaked here. James looks back at Brooks. I'm sorry. I thought I could do it, but I can't. Brooks throws his hands up in the air in frustration. Are you kidding me? Like I said, there are no refunds here. This ain't Walmart. Travis, angry, storms up and grabs the gun out of James's hand and without hesitation unloads three rounds into Robert's head. James quickly looks away, vomiting. Brooks, smiling, walks up to Travis and slaps him on the back. <laughs> it's good to see at least one of you got the balls in the family. Ryan looks out in horror at Robert's dead body. What the fuck? Ryan backs into the corner of the boxcar as an engineer in his fifties comes walking up to Brooks, but stops and looks at Robert's body. It's safe to say he's had better days. Brooks pulls out a roll of money and tosses it to the engineer, who catches it and quickly flips through it. Are we good? It's a pleasure doing business with you, Sheriff. Do you want to go ahead and plan on next month, then? 
I might actually need you before then. Business is picking up? What can I say? People want to kill other people. I would love to stay in chat, but I've got a schedule to keep. The engineer walks away as Brooks turns to Parker. Let's get the other one out now. Ryan grabs the duffel bag and his backpack as he hears Brooks and the others walk up to the front of the boxcar. All right, son. It's your turn. Ryan notices a ladder leading up to a hatch in the roof of the boxcar. Get your ass out here right now! Ryan climbs the ladder just as Brooks shines his light into the boxcar, catching a glimpse of Ryan's feet as they disappear through the hatch. Ah, for fuck's sake! The little shit is on the roof. Brooks turns to Travis. Give that gun to James. We're giving him another crack at this. Travis takes the gun and shoves it into James's hand. It's a walk in the park, little brother. Ryan, holding the duffel bag, looks out across the train yard. Do you really think you can get away? You've nowhere to go. Ryan notices a two-story building not far down the tracks. All you're doing is making this harder on yourself. Ryan creeps to the end of the car and judges the gap to the next box car, then backs up. I can totally do it. Brooks grabs James and shoves him toward the box car. Get your ass up there and bag that little bastard. James walks up to the ladder on the side of the car and climbs up. Ryan takes a deep breath and breaks into a sprint just as James reaches the top in time to watch him jump across to the next car. James slips on the ladder and falls. Brooks walks up and shines his light down on James as he lays on the ground holding his shoulder. You are about as useful as a bag of monkey spunk. Didn't your father teach you anything about being a man? I think my shoulder is really fucked up. I don't give two shits about your shoulder. Where is he? He jumped across to the next car. Brooks steps back and watches Ryan jump to the next car. Travis grabs the gun from James and fires several times, but doesn't come close to striking Ryan. Are you fucking retarded or something? That wasn't even close. Brooks looks at Parker. You, go get the truck and meet us at the building. Parker runs down a hill of rocks as Brooks grabs his gun back from Travis. Now, watch and fucking learn something. Ryan is running across one of the cars when all of a sudden a bullet rips through the duffel bag, causing him to lose his balance and slip, but he is able to stay on top of the car. Now, that's how you do it, girls. You see how I dropped that piece of shit? Brooks looks at James. You think you can get your ass on top of the car this time without falling off? I already told you I jacked up my shoulder. Get your ass up there and toss that body down or you'll be dealing with more than a bruised fucking shoulder. James, clutching his shoulder, makes his way over to the ladder, then looks back at Brooks. That's right. Now climb up the ladder, pussy. James slowly makes his way up the ladder. Ryan, on his knees, looks over the edge and down the tracks at Brooks and Travis, then at James as he climbs up the ladder. Ryan grabs the bag and jumps to the next car, then climbs down the ladder just as James reaches the top of the car. Well, I'm pretty fucking sure you didn't hit him. And why is that? Because there's no fucking dead body up here is why. What the fuck are you talking about? He's gotta be up there. Brooks glances over and catches a glimpse of Ryan darting across the tracks and into a building. I've got eyes on the dickhead. 
He just went in the old terminal building. Brooks holds his gun up and studies it. You two jackoffs obviously fucked up my sights. James climbs down off the car. So what the hell is the big plan now? Well, we sure as hell don't let him leave that building. Brian slides through a broken door into a room stacked with broken desks and chairs, with dead bugs and cigarette butts littering the floor in between them. Ryan pushes a stack of desks in front of the opening, then notices a CB radio hanging on the wall that he grabs and pushes talk. Hello? Hell? Can anybody hear me? Ryan lets go of the button and waits for a response, but gets nothing. So he tries again. I need help! Somebody, please! Ryan notices the power cord has been severed. Motherfucker! Ryan throws the handset against the wall and kicks a busted chair across the room, then bends down to pick up the bags when a bullet sails over the top of his head, slamming into the wall, sending chunks of sheetrock into the air. Ryan looks up to find Brooks leaning in through the blocked door. You can run, you little prick licker, but you can't hide. Ryan with the bags runs out of the room as Brooks fires at him, missing him again. Ryan sprints into the entryway of the building and smacks right into Parker, who drops his gun, and they both tumble to the floor, then scramble for the gun. What's the deal, Parker? Did you get him? Ryan gets to the gun first and picks it up, aiming it at Parker. Don't you move! Parker holds his hands up. Just take it easy, man. I don't want to hurt you. I didn't do anything wrong. I just want to leave. I wish it was that simple. I really do. Ryan grips the gun tighter. Why don't you just relax and put the gun down so we can talk about this? God damn it, Parker. What's going on in there? I want you to remember that I could have killed you right here, right now. Get on the floor. What? Get on the fucking floor. Parker gets down on his knees then his stomach, as Ryan moves toward the front door, but stops when he hears someone coming. They're not going to let you leave. Why don't you just shut your mouth and let me think? Ryan runs up a set of stairs to the second floor, just as Travis charges through the front door, and Brooks comes storming in from the other room, looking down at Parker. What in the sweet Jesus are you doing? Where did he go? Parker gets to his feet. He went up the stairs. How the hell did you let that happen? Parker is about to say something, but Brooks puts his hand up, stopping him. I don't even want to hear the excuse. Brooks walks up the first step, but stops when a bullet zips past his head. He casually steps back down, grabbing Parker and pulling him close. Would you mind telling me where he got a fucking gun? Parker looks away as Brooks looks down at his empty holster. Don't tell me he got your gun. There was nothing I could do about it. He came around the corner and caught me off guard. Brooks smacks Parker in the face, giving him a bloody nose. You stupid bastard. You never give up your firearm. I should take that badge off your chest and pin it on a pile of shit because I'd get the same results. You've just gone and made this situation a whole lot worse. Brooks digs in his pocket and pulls out a crumpled up used rag and tosses it at Parker. Clean yourself up. You look pathetic. Brooks looks up the stairs. 
Why don't you just come down here before things get too far out of control? Brooks waits for an answer, but gets none, then looks at Travis. Get your ass up those stairs. Travis looks at Brooks, surprised. Wait a second, what? Why me? Because I said so. Ryan hurries down a long hallway, trying door after door, until he finally finds one unlocked. He quickly goes in, catching the corner of the duffel bag on a piece of protruding metal, tearing it open. One of the stacks of money bursts apart, spreading $100 bills all over the hallway. Ryan turns back to pick the money up, but hears the stairs creak. He takes several steps into the room, then aims the gun at the open door. The only thing in the room is a large wooden desk that has been pushed up against the wall below a piece of plywood that barely hangs over the busted-out window, allowing rain to get in. Ryan, with his back to the desk, watches the door intently when he notices the barrel of a gun appear. Ryan fires, blowing a hole through Travis's hand. Travis screams out as he drops the gun and recoils back. He blew a hole through my fucking hand! Travis staggers down the hall. Ryan sprints up to the door, grabbing the gun, then runs and jumps up on the desk, grabbing hold of the plywood and pulling. Travis comes tumbling down the stairs, then looks up at Brooks, all bloodied. For the love of God, please tell me he didn't get your fucking gun as well. Travis holds his bloody hand up. Look what he did to my hand! Brooks slaps him across the head. I said, where is the gun? I must have dropped it when he blew a hole through my fucking hand! Maybe I should just toss him my gun as well. Brooks notices several hundred dollar bills stuck to Travis's bloody shoe. Well, what do we have here? Brooks leans down and peels a bill off and holds it up. Where did you get this? I have no idea. Brooks walks up the stairs and looks down the hallway and finds more of the bills. Interesting. Parker, with tissue stuck up his nose, looks up from the bottom of the stairs at Brooks. What is it? Money. And not the typical amount you'd find on some lowlife catching a ride on a train. I'm guessing that bag he's hauling around isn't filled with laundry. How much were you thinking? Judging from the size of that bag, enough to start my retirement early. This boy has a reason to be running. Brooks steps into the hallway. That was a very impressive display you put on outside. Jumping from train to train. Let's me and you just have ourselves a little chat. What do you think? Brooks waits for a response, but gets none. You do realize these stairs are the only way out of here. Ryan finally gets the piece of plywood to pull free. Listen, son. This whole thing has gotten way out of hand. We're all adults here, and the last thing I want is for you to get hurt. In fact, I'm willing to just let you walk out of here. All you have to do is slide that bag of money out to me, and we will disappear. Ryan grabs his bags. What do you think, kid? Ryan tosses the bags out of the window, onto the roof of the first floor, then looks back at the door. You must think I'm stupid. I just watched you brutally murder a man in cold blood. And you want me to just walk on out like you'd actually let me go? I don't know what you think you saw, but what happened out there was self-defense. I was doing a routine train inspection. That criminal jumped me and tried to go for my gun. I had no other choice than to shoot him. Self-defense my ass! 
I know what I saw. We can sit here and go round and round all night about what you think you saw. But I have no desire to do that. I've given you an option. An option to end this situation. All you have to do is slide the bag out. Ryan leans out of the window and looks down at the first story roof, then glances back at the door. I'm pretty sure you can go fuck yourself. All right, you little shit smear. You want to play hardball with me? Looks like you just became a fugitive responsible for a murder. Your prints are all over the gun that killed him. Ryan has one leg out the window as he looks down at the gun in his hand. Shit! Ryan swings his other leg out the window and drops down with a loud bang, then grabs the bags, takes them to the edge, and drops to the ground with them. You are getting on my last fucking nerve, kid. Brooks carefully steps up to the room and looks in, finding Ryan gone. That little cocksucker. Brooks charges into the room. How the hell did he... Brooks looks over at the plywood on the ground and the open section of window. He peers out, catching sight of Ryan as he runs across the tracks. Travis, with his hand wrapped in a shirt, comes in with Parker and James just as Brooks fires off several rounds in the general vicinity of Ryan. Ryan slides to his knees, dropping one of the guns, and ducks behind the wheels of a trailer, then looks up to find Brooks yelling at the others. Ryan, keeping low, makes his way through a collection of trailers. Parker looks at everybody with concern. Do I need to remind everybody here that if that kid makes it to the next town, we are fucked? That's why we can't let him make it to the next town. Brooks looks at James. Since all this is your fuck-up, you're the one climbing out the window and going after him. I'm done. I don't want any part of this. <laughs> I don't recall where I was giving you a fucking option. I'm out of here. James turns to leave, but Brooks grabs him and slams him against the wall. Just because you didn't pull a trigger doesn't mean you're off the hook. You're an accessory to murder, dickhead. And what about your brother? They'll hang his sorry ass for sure. James looks over at Travis, then back at Brooks. Now, get your ass out that window. Brooks lets him go, then hands him a gun as James steps to the window. You might want this. Travis puts his hand on James's shoulder. I'm sorry, bro. If my hand wasn't all jacked up, I would be the one climbing out the window. James knocks his hand off. Don't touch me. Because of my shoulder, I'm not going out no fucking window. James walks out of the room. Ryan continues through the trailers when he looks back and notices James in the distance as well as the lights of an approaching train. Ryan clears the last of the trailers and makes his way up a gravel hill toward the main tracks with James quickly catching up. Stop, asshole! Ryan reaches the top of the hill as the train is getting closer. I said stop! James fires a round that lands nowhere near Ryan as he crosses the tracks. James gets to the top of the hill and trips over the tracks, spraining his ankle, screaming out in pain as Ryan looks back. Ryan drops the bags and hurries over and reaches out, grabbing hold of James's arm as the train roars by, but falls back and finds himself holding a severed bloody arm. Oh my God. Ryan drops the arm on the ground and stares at the passing train for several seconds, then gets up and grabs the bags 
and runs over the last tracks and into the woods, as Brooks walks up the hill with the others as the train nears its end. I don't see him! Where the hell is my brother? It, it must be on the other side of the train. Brooks, careful of the train, walks along the track, finding a bloody shoe, which he bends down and picks up. Just fantastic. Parker walks up next to him. What is it? Brooks just tosses the shoe on the ground as Travis walks up and looks down at it. That's my brother's shoe! Where is he? If I had to guess, I'd say he's dead. Travis, horrified, backs up. What? He can't be dead! No fucking way! Travis falls to the ground in shock as Brooks walks up and looks down at him. You need to pull yourself together. Every second you waste crying like a bitch, that piece of shit gets further away. Travis looks up at Brooks with tears in his eyes. My brother's dead. He's all I had left. And the son of a bitch that killed him is still alive and running. So get on your feet and get the revenge you are entitled to. Parker walks over to Brooks. Don't think that's such a good idea, Sheriff. Why is that? Just look at him. He's white as a ghost from all the blood he's lost. We need to get him to the hospital. The tail end of the train finally rolls by. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. You're not fine. You've lost a lot of blood. I said I'm fucking fine! Brooks grabs Travis and looks him in the eye. That a boy. Vengeance will be yours. Brooks turns to Parker with his hand out. Keys. What? Give me the keys to the truck. Parker pulls them out of his pocket and hands them over to Brooks, who then puts them in Travis's good hand. Go down to the truck and wait for me. Under the driver's seat, you'll find a first aid kit. Use it. What? Fuck that! We need to run him down! Why run after him when we can drive? That dipshit is going to get himself all turned around up there on those logging roads. Travis just nods his head as Brooks guides him toward the truck. Besides, this will give you some time to rest so you have the energy to kill that prick when we find him. Now go wait in the truck for me. Travis walks down the hill toward the building as Brooks turns back and steps over the tracks, stumbling upon the upper half of James. Parker steps up to Brooks. We're in too deep. Things have gotten way out of hand. Brooks looks at Parker's nose. Does your nose still hurt? What? I asked if your nose still hurts. Well, it's actually starting to feel better. I'm sorry about that. It's all good. I forgive- Brooks punches Parker in the face, knocking him to the ground. God damn it! I'm sorry I didn't hit you hard enough the first fucking time. The longer it hurts, the longer you're gonna remember how you screwed up tonight. You're gonna stay down here and clean up. You need to go down the track and pick up every piece of that dumb shit and bury him in a hole along with that big fuck. Now, just nod your head so I know that we understand each other. Parker nods his head. Good. Now get to work, because you have lots of body parts together. How am I supposed to get back to town? Are your fucking legs broken or something? You're joking, right? Do you know how many miles that is? Sucks to be you. Brooks walks past Parker toward the building. Ryan, out of breath, stops running through the woods, drops the bags, and leans up against a tree. 
He looks down at the train yard and watches Parker on his hands and knees picking up body parts, then notices the truck pulling out. I gotta keep moving. Ryan picks up the bags and continues through the woods when he notices a set of taillights in the clearing up ahead. Oh, thank God. Kyle, in his twenties, dressed in expensive clothes, sits in the driver's side of a jeep, zipping his pants up as Heather, in her twenties, with pigtails and wearing a tight cheerleader outfit, is using a small bottle of water to gargle. Kyle grabs a small pipe filled with weed and a lighter off the dash and takes a hit. Heather, with a disgusted look on her face, places the bottle on the dash, then turns to Kyle, who is blowing a cloud of smoke out the window. Ugh, give me some of that. Might help get this taste out of my mouth. Kyle, smiling, looks over at her. I actually have a better idea. Why don't you just get out? Heather looks at Kyle, surprised. Excuse me? Kyle claps his hands in her face. I said, get the fuck out. You will not treat me like that. What you are going to do is give me the hundred you owe me for sucking that thing you call a cock. Then you're going to drop me off back in town where you picked me up. You must be fucking high from the secondhand smoke because that isn't going to happen. Stop fucking around, Kyle, and give me the money you owe me. You're the one that wanted me dressed like this in these damn pigtails. Kyle reaches past her and opens the door. In all actuality, you should be paying me. I literally just gave you a load of top-of-the-line protein. Heather grabs the door and slams it shut. You think just because your family has money you can do whatever you want to people? Jesus Christ, save the sermon for someone that actually gives a shit. I want my money, and you're going to pay me. You think so? Why is that? Heather reaches into her purse and pulls out a pair of handcuffs. What the hell are you doing with those? Heather attaches one side of the handcuffs to her wrist and the other to the dash of the jeep. That's what I'm going to do with them. Very funny, bitch. Now take them off. Heather sticks out her free hand. One hundred dollars and I'll be happy to. Kyle stares at Heather. Where's the key? Hmm, for the life of me, I just can't remember. But something tells me a cool $100 would refresh my memory of where it is. I'm serious right now. Don't be playing fucking games with me. Kyle grabs her purse and starts dumping it out. What the fuck do you think you're doing? Stop that! Heather tries to grab her purse, but Kyle grabs her by the throat and is about to slap her, but freezes when the driver's side door swings open. Ryan, covered in blood, stands pointing a gun at him. Hate to break up the party, but I'm going to need to take your jeep. Kyle lets go of Heather and turns his attention to Ryan. I don't know who you think you are, but you're so not taking shit. I beg to differ. Ryan grabs hold of Kyle and jerks him out, then pushes him up against the jeep. This is bullshit. I could have you killed. Ryan, without warning, knees no. Kyle in the groin, dropping him to the ground as he rolls around in agony. Well, next time, maybe you won't put your fucking hands on a woman like that. You need me in the nuts, fuckhead. Uh, <coughs> I think you broke them. Ryan looks down at Kyle. Stop whining. And get your ass up and start walking. Kyle, in pain, gets to his feet and stares at Ryan. Are you her pimp or something? Ryan looks at Kyle, perplexed. 
I suggest you move your ass. Ryan points the gun at Kyle's face, forcing him to turn around and make his way down the road, mumbling under his breath as he disappears around a corner. Ryan turns to Heather. Why are you still sitting there? Get out already! Ryan grabs the bags and tosses them in the back of the jeep, then points the gun at Heather. I don't have time to be polite, lady. So get the hell out of the jeep and join your boyfriend. That piece of shit is no boyfriend of mine. Besides, I'm not getting out until I get my money. Heather just sits back as Ryan notices the handcuffs. Oh, does it look like I want to stand here and screw around? I'm covered in somebody else's blood. It will hurt you if you make me. With what? Ryan shakes the gun at her. With this. <laughs> you might be able to fool some people with that, but I grew up around guns, so I know when they're empty. What the hell are you talking about? Ryan looks down at the gun, and without warning, Heather grabs it out of his hand, then quickly ejects the clip and holds it up. <laughs> like I told you. Empty. Heather puts the clip back in the gun, then hands it back to Ryan, who stands shocked. Kyle, holding his groin, walks down the road. I should have kicked that dude's ass. That punk bitch put a gun in my face. A pair of headlights suddenly appears from down the road. Kyle looks up and waves his hands in the air frantically. Over here! Help me! Kyle steps into the middle of the road, waiting for the vehicle to slow down. But it speeds up. What the...? The vehicle plows into Kyle, sending his body flying through the air, then slides to a stop as Travis jumps out with his gun and charges up to Kyle, who is laying on his stomach. Brooks gets out and studies a crack in the window from the impact as Travis steps over Kyle and puts the barrel of the gun against the back of his head. Brooks looks around. I don't see the bag anywhere. Why wasn't he carrying the bags? Travis ignores Brooks as he kicks Kyle in the side. You killed my brother! Now I'm gonna kill you! Brooks looks over at Kyle, who is illuminated by the headlights. Hold on, Travis. That's not... Travis fires two rounds into Kyle's head. That's for James! Brooks walks up and looks at Kyle's body. You dumb piece of shit. What the fuck is wrong with you? What are you talking about? I killed the son of a bitch. Just like you said to do. Did you? Brooks rolls Kyle over with his foot. This isn't the guy from the train. Travis looks at Kyle's bloody body. What are you talking about? Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Travis puts his hands on his head. What the fuck did I just do? What you did was kill the wrong fucking guy. Travis points at Brooks. Yeah, but you hit him with the truck first. You ran him down like a dog. Maybe so, but I'm not the one that pumped two rounds into his head. Why the hell was he walking around on a logging road in the middle of the night? That really doesn't matter now, does it? What are we going to do with him? This is a problem we can deal with later. Right now, we need to focus on the problem that's still moving. Brooks gets in the truck as Travis looks down at Kyle's body. Brooks leans out the window and looks at Travis, annoyed. You gonna fucking kiss him? Or are you getting in the truck? Travis continues to stare at Kyle's body, then walks over and gets back in the truck. Ryan has gotten into the jeep and is searching the floor for the handcuff keys when two gunshots can be heard in the distance. Did you hear that? 
It was gunshots. So what? Pretty sure it was just hunters. Hunters? In case you haven't noticed, we are out in the middle of the woods. Ryan grabs the handcuffs and pulls on them, but all that does is tear into Heather's wrist. What the fuck is wrong with you? That hurts! Ryan, frustrated, lets go and punches <sighs> the roof of the jeep. Listen! You don't want to be with me. Somebody's trying to kill me, and if they show up, they will kill you too. Are you serious? Who's trying to kill you? Ryan notices Brooke's truck rounding the corner and points at it. Them, actually. Brooks and Travis get out of the truck. Can you tell if it's him or not? It's him. Who the hell has he got with him now? I can't tell, but we're about to find out. Ryan fires the jeep up. Relax, it's the sheriff. If somebody really is trying to kill you, he can help. Unfortunately for me, he's the one that's trying to kill me. The sheriff is trying to kill you? <laughs> You're crazy. Why would he do something like that? A bullet shatters the front window, zipping in between them and busting out the back window. How's that for crazy? Ryan slams the jeep into gear and steps on the gas as Heather looks around the ground for the key. All right, I've changed my mind. I think getting out would be the best thing for me. Sorry, but that ship has sailed. Ryan speeds the jeep straight towards Brooks and Travis as the driver's side mirror is shot off. All right, you motherfuckers. You want to play games. Let's play. What are you doing? They're literally fucking shooting at us and you're driving us right at them. Shouldn't we be going in the opposite direction? Bullets riddle the front of the jeep. Just hold on! Ryan jerks the wheel right before slamming into the truck, forcing Brooks and Travis to jump out of the way. Ryan drives the jeep off the road and into the woods. Brooks slowly gets to his feet and looks at Travis. Get the fuck up and get in the truck! Brooks gets in the truck and steps on the gas as Travis is barely able to get back in. Ryan and Heather, who is gripping the dash, bounce around the cab of the jeep as they speed down the logging road. Might not be such a bad idea if you put on your seatbelt. Heather grabs her belt and clicks it in. Do you even know where you're going? I have no clue. Heather rolls her eyes. This is just great. For the record, you're the one that didn't want to get- Ryan and Heather are suddenly jostled by the impact of Brooks' truck slamming into the back of them. Ryan struggles, but he is able to keep the jeep on the road as they are hit again. Maybe you should think about driving this thing faster? Don't you think I'm trying? I've got the pedal to the floor. Ryan turns the jeep toward a collection of trees as Heather, worried, looks at the trees. Then at Ryan. You do see those trees that we're heading straight for, don't you? I see them. Okay, so that's a good thing. Maybe you should think about avoiding them? There's just enough of a gap between them for us to fit. What are you talking about? There is no way this thing will fit through that. I know, it doesn't look like it will, but I'm pretty sure it will. I'm pretty sure it won't. We are going to wreck and then we are fucked. Will you please just shut your mouth and let me drive? Ryan glances back at the truck. We will make it. They won't. Heather covers her eyes as they speed toward the trees. Oh Jesus, I really hope you're right. Ryan grips the steering wheel tight as they reach the trees and drive right through the gap.
but the truck slams into them, unable to get through, as Ryan punches the roof of the jeep. <laughs> That's right, assholes! Fuck you! Heather opens her eyes in surprise. Holy shit, I can't believe we made it! I thought for sure we were fucked! Now, we play a little game of hide and seek. Hide and seek? It won't take him long to get that truck free. Then he'll be right on our ass again. Ryan steers the jeep around a corner, then pulls it off into a collection of thick bushes and turns the engine and lights off. So we're just going to sit here? That's the plan. We wait for them to drive by, then we go in the other direction. Ryan looks out into the woods as the rain slowly stops. What am I hearing? Sounds like running water. It's just the river. So, I gotta ask, who did you kill? What are you talking about? I didn't kill anybody. Heather points at Ryan's bloody shirt. I'm supposed to believe that story when you're covered in blood and running from the sheriff? You must have done something. I didn't kill anybody. That sheriff of yours and some of his friends killed a man in cold blood tonight down at the train yard. Heather looks in the back seat at the bags. What's in that bag? Drugs? Heather reaches for the bag, but Ryan grabs her wrist. It's just my clothes. Really? You know what? I really don't need to explain anything to you. What's in my bags is my business. Fine. Heather folds her arms across her chest and stares out the window as Ryan looks at her. So, what's your deal? You really a cheerleader? Fuck no! I'm wearing this ridiculous outfit because men are sick perverts that get off thinking about little girls. Ryan puts his hand up, then points out the window at the truck going by. Here's a deal for you. You get me to a phone, and I'll double whatever that guy owed you. I say you triple it, then we have a deal. He owed me $100. Done. I'm not doing shit until I have that money in my hand. What? I'm tired of getting fucked over, so I want the money up front. Are you serious? You want to haggle over money right now? I've learned the hard way that it's best to get the money up front. Ryan stares at Heather in disbelief, then reaches in back, opening the bag up, grabbing three $100 bills, then turns back to Heather, who quickly looks away. Here you go. $300. Now show me the way. Heather grabs the money and sticks it in her purse. We're gonna need to get to town. Ryan looks out, finding the truck gone. I'll do my best to get us there. I suggest you look for that damn key. Ryan fires up the jeep and keeps the lights off as he slowly backs the jeep out onto the trail. Without warning, the truck comes out of nowhere and slams into the side of the jeep, crumbling the passenger side and shoving Heather over. Ryan pushes down on the gas, but the force of the truck is too much as it pushes the jeep through the bushes as Travis leans out the window with his gun. Ryan grabs onto Heather. Get down! Travis fires off several rounds, hitting right above Ryan, when all of a sudden the jeep goes over a ledge and rolls down the hill, plunging into a river and getting wedged on a log. The 
truck stops, and Brooks and Travis get out and step up to the edge, watching the jeep float down the river, when Travis fires several rounds at it. Save the ammo. You aren't hitting shit. Besides, they should be dead. What if they aren't? I doubt they survived that roll. The only thing keeping that jeep upright is that damn log. But not even that will stop it from going under once it hits those waterfalls. We need to haul ass downriver and catch it. Ryan, dazed, regains his focus as the jeep shifts to the side, river water pouring in through the busted window. He looks over, finding Heather with a long gash across her forehead, slumped over. Hey! Are you okay? Ryan unbuckles himself as more water pours in, then grabs Heather and shakes her. Come on, wake up! Heather doesn't move, so Ryan kicks out what's left of the passenger side window and pulls on Heather, then realizes she is still handcuffed. Christ! Ryan runs his hands along the floor, looking for the key. Where the hell is it? Heather slowly opens her eyes. What's going on? What happened? I need the key for the cuffs. Where is it? Heather suddenly notices the water pouring into the jeep and freaks out while Ryan tries to grab her. No! 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 I need you to stay calm right now. We don't have much time. Heather takes several deep breaths. Good. Now where's the key? It was in my purse, but that douchebag prick dumped it all over the floor. We're never going to find it. Heather starts to panic. <laughs> you need to listen to me. I'll find the key and get you out of here. Ryan searches the floor with his hands as Heather watches. Please don't let me die like this. That's not going to happen. The jeep crests the top of a waterfall as Ryan holds up the key. Got it! Ryan looks out the window just as it goes over. Hold on! Heather screams out as the jeep drops into a pool of water below and flips over, leaving only its wheels sticking out of the water. Ryan pops up out of the water, pulling Heather, who is coughing and spitting up water, along with him, then places her hands on one of the wheels of the jeep. Don't let go! Ryan takes several deep breaths. Where the hell are you going? I need to get my bags. Ryan dives under the water as Heather holds onto the jeep and scans the riverbank. When Ryan springs back up with his bags, he tosses them on the jeep. You doing okay? I think so. Do you think you can swim across to the shore? I'm pretty sure I can. I'll swim behind you just in case. Just tell me when you're ready. Ugh, let's just get it over with. Heather pushes off the jeep and swims toward the shore as Ryan slings the backpack over his shoulder and grabs the duffel bag and follows Heather. Whatever you do, don't stop. This current is strong. Ryan, struggling, tries to adjust the backpack, but it slides off his shoulder and gets swept down the river. Shit! Heather, exhausted, crawls out of the river on her hands and knees and collapses on the ground with Ryan not far behind her. Ryan lays on the ground next to Heather and looks at her head. How's your head? Heather reaches up, running her finger along the cut. I'll be fine. What about you? You good? I'm good. Why did you do it? Ryan looks at Heather confused. Do what? 
Save my life. You don't know me and could have just left me in that jeep to drown. I saved you. Because regardless of what you may think, not all guys are bad. Well, thank you for saving my life. No problem. Ryan looks across the river. What is it? I don't know. Thought I heard something. We really should get moving before they show up. How far is it to town? Uh, about a 15-minute walk from here. Just get me to that phone, and I'll call the state police. Are you sure that's such a good idea? What do you mean? Think about it. The sheriff is probably tight with all the state police. In my current profession, the one thing I've learned is that if they carry a badge, they stick together. If I'm not supposed to call the cops, then what am I supposed to do? If I was you, I would just take my bag of dirty laundry and disappear. Ryan looks down at the bag, then back at Heather. Can you just get me to a phone? Don't say I didn't warn you. Heather gets up and walks into the woods with Ryan following. Brooke's truck comes out of the foliage and stops shining its lights on the Jeep's wheels, sticking out of the water as Brooks and Travis step out. Well, what are you waiting for? Go check it out. You want me to swim out there? Unless you can walk on fucking water. Travis holds his hand up. What about my hand? What about it? The cold water will do it good. Travis looks out at the water, then back at Brooks. That current looks pretty strong. I guess you'll find out just how fucking strong it is, won't you? Travis turns back to the water and slowly walks in, then swims out to the jeep. You see anything? Travis looks in the jeep. They're not in here! What about the bag? The bag? The bag full of money, you dumbass! Travis looks in again. It's gone! Shit! Brooks walks back to the truck and kicks the side of it. But I found this! Brooks walks back to the edge of the water and watches as Travis holds up a woman's wallet. Toss it here! Travis tosses the wallet to Brooks. Maybe they got washed downriver? Doubt it. Brooks flips the wallet open, revealing Heather's driver's license. Get your ass back in the truck. I think I know where we can find him. Ryan follows Heather down a dark street, stopping under a buzzing neon sign for a laundromat as it starts raining again. Why are we stopping? This is my place. You live in a laundromat? No, I don't live in a laundromat. I live in the small studio above it. Heather opens the door to the laundromat, then steps in as she looks back at Ryan. Are you coming or what? Heather steps into her sparsely furnished apartment with Ryan right behind her, then walks over to a window and looks out as Ryan scans the area. Can I use the bathroom? Be my guest. Heather points over to the door of the bathroom and watches Ryan walk in and close the door. Heather walks over to the kitchen, grabbing something out of one of the drawers, then walks back and stands in front of the bathroom door. Everything okay in there? I'll be right out. Then can I use your phone? Of course. Ryan walks out with the bag and is shocked to find Heather standing in front of the bathroom, holding a gun aimed at him. What the hell are you doing? I'm sorry, but a girl's got to look out for her best interests, so I'll be taking the bag. And before you try to talk a line of bullshit that there is no money in there, I saw it. Ryan takes a step toward her, 
but without hesitation, Heather fires a round that hits the ground in front of his foot, stopping him dead in his tracks. Jesus Christ! That was a warning. The next round won't miss. Sit down! Ryan steps over and sits on the edge of the bed. Can't we just talk about this? I think not. Heather, keeping the gun on Ryan, walks over to the bag and picks it up. Do you really want to do this? You're making a bad choice. That's funny, because I was thinking this was the first good choice I've made in a very long time. Do you have any idea how sick and tired I am of having old men come on my face so I can pay rent? As of tonight, that life is a distant memory. Heather slaps the side of the bag. This is going to make all that possible. Heather backs up toward the door. You seem like a nice guy, but don't do anything stupid. Feel free to stay as long as you want. Heather opens the door and walks out as Ryan waits for a minute before chasing after her. Ryan comes out of the laundromat, finding Heather crossing the street. He yells at her, which causes her to look back at him. Wait! Heather spins around and aims the gun at Ryan. I thought I told you. Brooke's truck, with its lights off, comes speeding down the street at Heather. Get out of the street! Heather turns to fire at the truck, but it hits her before she can shoot, and her body slams into the hood, tossing her up into the air like a rag doll, as the truck screeches to a halt and her mangled body hits the pavement. Heather, bleeding profusely, reaches out for Ryan. Help! Ryan watches in horror as the truck speeds back in reverse, rolling over her and crushing her head. The truck stops, and Brooks jumps out as Ryan turns to run, but Travis knocks him down. Where do you think you're going? Travis kicks him in the stomach, then grabs Ryan's face and forces the barrel of the gun into his mouth. This is for my brother, asshole. Now just wait a minute. Brooks walks up to Ryan as Travis pulls the gun out of his mouth. Why don't you just tell me where it is? Ryan looks over at the bag, resting against the curb. Now wasn't that easy? Brooks walks over and picks the bag up, then looks at Heather's smashed body. Guess the bitch should have just gotten out of the way. Brooks uses the tip of his boot to dig around the inside of her head. That is some nasty shit right there. You're going to get caught. People will be looking for me. Brooks looks around at the empty street. Does it look like anybody around here gives a shit about you or some low-life hooker? Besides, the story is solid that you're a killer. So, all this shit will be blamed on you. Brooks, carrying the bag, kneels down in front of Ryan. This is my town, and I make the rules. Brooks stands up, then looks at Travis. He's all yours. About time. Brooks walks over and tosses the bag on the hood of the truck as Travis takes a step back from Ryan. Get up! Brooks unzips the bag only to find that it is filled with dirty clothes. What the fuck? Travis looks over at Brooks as he is pulling the laundry out of the bag. What's wrong? Ryan springs up and knocks the gun out of Travis's hand, picking it up and aiming it at Travis as Brooks tosses the bag on the ground. You stay right there! Or I'll kill him. Where's the money, kid? I'll kill him, I swear to God. 
Travis stands frozen as Brooks pulls out his gun and fires several rounds into Travis's chest. So much for that scenario. Ryan runs into the laundromat and hides behind a set of washing machines as Brooks steps in. Just tell me where you hid the money, and I promise I'll kill you fast. Ryan suddenly stands up and fires off a round that barely misses Brooks, then realizes that the gun is empty. Shit. Brooks steps toward Ryan. All empty. Ain't that a bitch. Ryan tosses the empty gun on the floor. What are you gonna do? You can't kill me. If you do, you'll never find that money. You're right about that. Brooks fires a round <gasps> into Ryan's leg, dropping him to the ground. But I sure in the hell can hurt you. Ryan holds his leg, trying to stop the bleeding. Save yourself some unnecessary pain, and just tell me where it is. Go fuck yourself. Brooks punches <laughs> Ryan in the face, splitting his lip open. Where is it? Ryan gives him the finger. Brooks grabs his hand and slams it down on the ground as Ryan struggles, but is unable to pull it free. Oh, you want to be funny? Why don't you tell me how funny this one is? Brooks pulls out a knife and slices <laughs> off Ryan's middle finger as he screams out. I got nine more to go. Tell me where it is. Ryan, in pain, looks at Brooks. It's upstairs. Brooks pulls the knife away. Shit, I thought I was going to get to cut off at least a couple more. Now get up. Brooks picks up Ryan off the floor, then pushes him toward the stairs. Show me where it is. Ryan walks into Heather's bathroom, with Brooks right behind him. It's in here? Ryan points to the laundry basket. It's in there. Brooks walks over and carefully lifts the lid, revealing the money. Well, fuck me running. That's a shit ton of money. Brooks pulls the laundry bag out and ties it closed as Ryan sits down on the toilet seat. So, is this how you envisioned your life ending? Brooks looks around at the bathroom. Dying in some whore's dirty bathroom. You can't take that. It's not yours. <laughs> Newsflash, I can take whatever the fuck I want. I'm the law. What you are? He's a piece of shit. I'm done with you. Brooks walks at him with the knife, but stops when he hears a gun cock. Not so fast. Brooks turns around to find Parker, standing with his gun aimed at him. It's about time you got back. Did you get that mess cleaned up? Almost. I've got one more thing to deal with. Brooks looks at Parker, annoyed. You better point that fucking gun in a different direction. Sorry, I just can't do that. What did you just say to me? I've let you treat me like shit for long enough. You haven't seen anything yet, you sorry bastard. Shut your mouth. Oh, you want to be a tough guy? Why don't you just shoot me? Come on, be a man for once. You won't, because you don't have the fucking nuts to do it. You're a spineless. Parker fires and hits Brooks in the head, driving his body back and into the bathtub. How did that feel? Parker turns to Ryan. Let's go. Me and you are going for a little ride. Ryan sits motionless, staring at Parker. Parker snaps his fingers. I said, let's go. Ryan slowly stands up and walks out of the bathroom. The truck pulls up next to a set of tracks. Parker climbs out with his gun pointed at Ryan in the driver's seat. Get out. 
Ryan nervously steps out of the truck as Parker walks around to the front with the gun still trained on Ryan. If you're going to kill me, just fucking do it already. Parker pulls the bag out of the truck and tosses it down in front of Ryan. That shit belongs to you. Ryan, surprised, looks down at the bag. What's the catch? No catch. Take that bag and follow these tracks for about a half a mile. You'll find a train yard and a train that'll get you out of here. What are you going to do? Finish all this. Parker puts the gun to his head and pulls the trigger as Ryan stands in shock, watching his lifeless body fall to the ground. What the fuck? Ryan looks at Parker, then the surrounding area, then picks up the bag and follows the tracks. Ryan, sweaty and tired, comes out of some bushes and finds the train yard as promised. After several minutes of searching, he is able to find a train he can get on. He runs up alongside it as it rolls out and jumps up into an open boxcar. Ryan, weak, struggles to pull himself into the car as the train picks up more speed. Holy shit. Fucking mate. Ryan, breathing hard, looks out at the passing trees when all of a sudden an old man in his 70s, dressed in dirty, torn clothing, comes staggering out of the darkness, coughing. <coughs> Jesus Christ, man. <sighs> you scared the piss out of me. The whistle of another train approaching on the other track can be heard as the old man stands in silence, scowling at Ryan. You have no business being in here. This is my car. I travel alone. Just calm down. Ryan gets to his knees. I I'll make it worth your while. You want some money? The old man slaps his own face several times. I don't want shit from you other than getting the fuck off my train. I'll get off at the next stop. Not good enough. You'll get off now. Without warning, the old man charges at Ryan, who struggles to his feet. What are you doing? The old man slams into Ryan, knocking him off balance. He staggers for several seconds, but is unable to regain his balance and falls out of the open door and onto the tracks, just as another train speeds by, rolling over him. The old man steps to the edge, looking out at the other train speeding by. This is my car. Nobody rides in here but me. The old man turns around and walks up to the laundry bag and uses his foot to slide it over to the door. Don't forget to take your shit with you. The old man kicks the laundry bag out the door, then reaches into his filthy pants pocket and pulls out a half-empty bottle of whiskey, taking a sip before turning around and walking back into the darkness of the car. This concludes the twisted tale, Riding the Rail. Keep those ears open for future episodes of Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder Presents. Anywhere you get your podcasts.